What's up, Chelsea fans, and welcome back to the Roman's Empire Pod. I'm joined, as always, by my good friend, Mr. Sam, and we designed this podcast for Chelsea fans who like to talk everything blue and talk shit about everyone else. So today we have a pretty packed up episode. Um, we'll discuss what to expect out of our youngsters slash fringe players now that the preseason training has begun, and we'll also break down the latest transfer gossip. Um, we'll also continue to give our season predictions for the top six with Tottenham on a chopping block today. Anyways, Sam, how you doing, man? I'm great. I'm feeling a lot better from last week. Yeah. Last feeling a little under the weather, but now I'm back. I'm as, uh, spry as, as it can be. As what? Spry as can be. Spry? Yeah. Wow. Nice choice. Yeah, it's a good, it's, I have it's a, a good word choice. I have a vast vocabulary. You've been reading the dictionary. Yeah, I have, I have to rest up, you know. Since I, we started this pod. Yeah, I had, I had to you know, rest up, get better. I'm going to Vegas this weekend. Nice. That's why we're posting this episode a little bit earlier, recording yeah, it on well, a on a Wednesday. This is the first time for our podcast. Look, but, man, it is what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, uh, I know you were going to ask me of whether I was going to bet on Chelsea or not. I, I really don't have a lot of luck when it comes to gambling so i really i have a tough time betting for my own team but i do have a lot of faith in chelsea i might put a couple i might put like 20 when you say you don't bet on like you have bad luck when you bet does that mean when you bet for one thing yeah that thing happens in sports yeah so why don't you bet on like man U or something and then that way chelsea will win yeah i guess that's like hedging my emotions like if man U ends up winning actually i'll i'll, I'll be sad but i'll win money but that's not happening, money, bro. But you'll be sad. Yeah. But I'll, you win money. That's, that's what I'm saying. But Hedging my sad. emotions. It's, yeah. it's, it sounds great. Yeah, it's just like a teeter-totter of mm-hmm. emotions. Well, then I guess we'll just jump right into it. Yeah, um, let's do it. That way you can get to Vegas faster, right? <laughs> so, um, part one is the preseason roundup. So, Chelsea released uh, technically a 29-man um, squad for the preseason training. So, basically, just to give you guys a rundown, these are guys that Conte invited to preseason training. Well, and also to give a, a more broad rundown, preseason started on Monday for on those Monday. who who aren't aware. So technically, yeah, yeah. So or uh, training started on Monday. So training, yeah. So Conte invited these guys, and you know they're mostly fringe players, a lot of academy players, and this is basically their time to shine. Whether they get 15, 20 minutes, or whether they get a half or a full match. This is the chance to show Conte that you're worthy for the squad, right? Mm-hmm. So um, out of the 29 players, we singled out a couple of them besides the obvious 11, you know, plus Willian and Fabregas are, you know, a couple of our higher profile bench guys. So the first guy we have on the list is actually um, 19, uh, Jay Clark Salter. Yeah. Center back. Um, he was loaned out to Bristol Rovers last year. He only made nine appearances, though. Mm-hmm. Um, what's your take? Uh, I mean, we, we don't really know much about him. I, I have a I have a feeling that he's probably going to go out on loan again this season. He's really young. I I haven't seen much from him to really make an honest opinion on him. Yeah. But um, you know, only getting nine appearance on loan, that's not enough for us to see whether he's good or not. So I think at the end of the season, he's probably or by the start of the season, he'll be on another team on loan. Yeah, yeah. I, I have to agree with that one. I mean, he's still nineteen, so. You know, sending him out on loan, seeing what the kid's made of, um, and then possibly bringing him back next season or the season after, maybe. Yeah, we'll um, see what happens. But with we him. do know the club is very high up on him. Yeah. Um. So you know, if the club is high up on him, then we have to have faith. Um. Next up on our list, and I think we'll dive in a little deeper on this one. Um. He was a loanee last year, but a very high profile loanee, probably the highest profile loanee we've had since De Bruyne. Mm-hmm. Um. Andreas Christensen. Yeah, really excited to bring him in. I mean, this guy's a monster. Mm-hmm. He's he's fantastic. So, 21 years old, uh, coming back from a two-year loan at uh, Borussia Mönchengladbach. So, um, Sam, since you're German and you have some sort of expertise in this, why don't you tell us a little bit about Andreas Christensen well, and act- his performance? The funny thing is that my family in Germany, they're all Mönchengladbach fans. Like, my dad oh, has nice. gone to a bunch of their games. Nice. You know, he supports them. I really, really like... The numbers that he put up last year. Let me read you a couple of his stats. 21 years old, let me remind you. 91% pass accuracy. For a center back. For a center back. And awesome. we we talked about how he wanted Benucci, and this is something that translates well for both of them. In 31 appearances, this guy only had one yellow card. So he's a clean tackler. Yeah. 
which is which is nice because the Premier League involves shit ton of tackling. And German league is rough league too. It's not yeah. that's not a it's, soft it's, league. It's yeah. very sim- it, it's definitely comparable. And this guy averages seven defensive actions per match. I think he eventually may even this season work his way up to the first team. Oh, I, yeah, I, I, I think he will for sure. I think he'll get in that starting eleven. Mm-hmm. I don't know about right off the bat. I think eventually know, in the year though. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. I definitely see that as a possibility. Like you know, we went out and we purchased Rudiger, um, twenty four. You don't go spend thirty two million on a center back and not throw him in. You know. Early, maybe yeah. not from the beginning, but early in the season. We talked about this a little bit before as well, but now that we are having a season with Champions League and you know, Premier League as well, depth is is a big issue for us, Huge. and that's why we're getting all these players. Oh yeah, so I, I agree completely. Yeah, sorry, continue what you're saying. Well, the, out of all those stats you read, ninety one percent pass accuracy. Now mm-hmm. I don't know how many of those were long balls. Benucci's a long ball master, but mm-hmm. it definitely is comparable because. If we're going to be building out of the back in our attacks, we need someone reliable who's not going to give the ball away. 91% pass accuracy will do that. Yeah. Um, One yellow card in a league that's very gung-ho and very physical, um, that's awesome as well. Um, seven defensive, blah, seven defensive actions per match, that's impressive mm-hmm. because that shows time and time again he's put under pressure. He didn't come from a team like Bayern or a more possession-based side where they had most of the ball and, you know, the defenders are more attacking or, you know, attacking, attack-minded. Mm-hmm. Um, he's played on a struggling Gladbach team at least the second year. Seven defensive actions per match. They had to rely on him a lot yeah. this past oh, yeah. season. Oh, yeah. And, you know, I, I think I think he's someone that, you know, if, if he doesn't come good this year because it is going to be his first full year in the Premier League, and there's always a gap year where players have to get familiarized with the physicality and the pace and, you know, no winter break. They play the whole year round, sometimes three matches a week. Right. Um, I think he still has to get used to that aspect, but he's 21. Yeah. And we just lost JT and we need someone to come in and deputize and kind of grab it, grab, you know, the first team by the reins. And, it's a know. great opportunity for this guy to just step in and. You know, I, I can't say completely replace JT, but help fill that void. Yeah, you know, he we definitely need, will fill that void. And this guy's got a bright future. We're He's talking just, be playing. In, just in terms of skill, though. Mm-hmm. We haven't really seen much of him to, you know, tell if he has a leadership quality. But you're right. You know, um, I, I, I'm excited. You know, this is a guy that could be a first teamer for seven, eight, nine years to come. You know, it's great. Yeah, I'm really excited to get this guy on board for now. Uh, let's move on to the next guy, uh, Fikayo Tomori. He's another uh, Academy product along with uh, Jay Clark Salter. Um, really, uh, I have a similar opinion. Uh, we haven't seen much. He he uh, was loaned out to Brayton and Hove Albion last year. He had two starts. He also had seven substitute appearances. Really struggled to get into the first team. Um we really haven't seen a lot from him. Similar, similar situation. Mm-hmm. Um, I think at this point, you know, same same thing. He's probably going to get loaned out. I think. I, I don't know if he's going to stay on with us. What What do you What do you think? From what I've seen, um, I do think that he has a little bit higher of a ceiling than Jake Clark Salter. I think his footballing IQ is a step ahead. Mm-hmm. Um, he's still young. I, I don't expect him to get any first team action mm-hmm. in any premier league club this this upcoming season i think he's gonna get loaned out to the championship again okay um i actually hope he gets loaned out to the championship and some may call me crazy but he's not gonna get first team time in the premier league with, with you know with the tv deals and all the money coming in no one's gonna take on a loan a low knee and throw him right into the first team at least right off the bat and he's gonna have to play his ass off if he wants to do that and I just don't see that being realistic for him. I think if he goes to the championship, he'll develop a little bit more as a player, and then the next season we'll get a little bit better of a gauge on, yeah, on where he is. So if Ikayo Tomori, another one of those what if projects, keep, keep an eye on. Yeah, him. I definitely won't sleep on him. So uh, a similar last name, Trevor Chaloba, the younger brother of Nathaniel Chaloba. He's eighteen year old. Oh man, I like yeah. This you want to talk a little bit about him? Yeah. So, um. I watched a little bit of the U21s in the Premier League 2 this year. 
and based on what I've seen, this guy's pretty dominant. Um, as a defender myself, he has all the qualities in a in a center back or even a right or left back that you really want. He's really versatile. He's big. He has pace. He's uh, technical like his brother. Um, but I do think he's going to stay in the youth setup. Um, I don't know if alone is necessarily right for him right now. He's 18. He's still very, very tender. But this is someone that you definitely need to keep an eye on because especially in the big matches um, in the Premier League 2 and in the UEFA uh, Youth League, he really, really impressed. Um, and also that last name helps him out a little bit too. His brother, Nathaniel, when he was in, when he was in the youth academy, he was very, very, um, yeah, he's, he's a lot, he's held in high regard. He's a lot bigger than Nathaniel. Uh, but you know, that, that, that last name, it's going to carry over well. I, you know, they're about the same size right now, but he's 18. Yeah. So like he's, he could still maybe pop up another inch or two. Okay. It'll be absolutely massive. So speaking of, we already mentioned his name. Let's talk a little bit about Nathaniel Chaloba. Oh yeah, we're gonna really get into this. Yeah. So, twenty-two-year-old uh, played really well with Lewis Baker at the U21s. Heroes. Um, yeah. Yeah. Awesome. So, uh, what do you have to say about him? About his uh, his loan spell with Napoli. Oh, that that loan spot Napoli really did a number on him. So, if this isn't a lesson to English teams to send your English players on loan abroad, I don't know what is because although he didn't get too much playing time in Napoli, being in another country, being in a completely different environment outside of your comfort zone, um learning a new language, that all develops you as a player and as a person and he came back completely matured. He came back seasoned. He honestly looked like a veteran when he stepped onto the field. And and Conte and Conte rewarded him for that. You know, he didn't get that many appearances. Only to 16. Mm -hmm. um, but every time Conte deployed him, it was, besides the handful of cup matches, it was the closeout games. He'd throw him on as a defensive player mm -hmm. just to, you know, lock it down and, you know, not concede. Yeah, I mean, it, it really, realistically, he does seem like a situational type of player, like you said. It's going to be hard for him. At least right now he does. Because, yeah, it's going to be hard yeah. for him to get playing time. It's a, it's a crowded center mid-position with Matic, Conte, with Fabregas. You know, it's it's getting, realistically, you don't see him getting in starts much against, you know, opposed to those guys. But like no, you said, so situational, much. situational times, he's going to be very important, you know, with his athleticism, how good he is in the air, mm -hmm. you know, getting balls from defenders. It's, I really like him. And I think he, you know, he definitely does have a role with the squad and he might have a role with the team this upcoming year. He does have all the tools to succeed. You know, he's very technically gifted. Like you said, he's good in the air. And I think that's something that's very understated. Um, I don't know his percentage on aerial duels one, but just based on watching him, I mean, he could leap out of a building. Mm -hmm. he's, a, he's a freak. He's very athletic, more athletic than people give him credit for, at least. Um, the only downside I have about keeping him on the squad this year is, you know, if we do stick with a 3-4-3, which a lot of people are saying we're going to a 3-5-2, and I personally think that's where we're headed. But if we do play a 3-4-3 formation, there's no room for him because... Mm -hmm. We do still have Matic. We didn't sell him yet. Um, and I think... And it looks like... Bakayoko is going to come in. Yeah. And those two guys, including Fabregas, I mean, that's three players that will get in ahead of him. Um, but if we move to this 3-5-2, I think he could really flourish because he's great at linking up play. He could be an anchor. And, you know, he's a, he's a perfect box-to-box -box mid. He's exactly what you want in a young footballer. Um, I would like to see him stay. I know there's been murmurings of him possibly going back to Watford for a reunion. No, I don't believe any of that. I think uh, I think he's going to stay. I think he's going to be part of the squad next year. I think he's Chelsea through and through. Mm -hmm. And I'm looking forward to seeing more from him. Yeah. Another player that we mentioned a little bit earlier, Lewis Baker, uh, played alongside with him for the U21s uh, for England. Mm -hmm. They both looked really good. Um, oh, yeah. So he was loaned out to uh, the Dutch team, Vitesse Arnheim. Um, you know, Chelsea has a has a strong connection with that team, right? You want to talk a little bit about about uh him and that connection? Yeah. So, uh, the stats speak for itself: thirty three appearances, ten goals, two assists. Um, you know, before this pod started, 
me and Sam were having a little discussion and Lewis Baker came up and, you know, I, I, I compared him to Fabregas and I bit my tongue initially, but I kind of owned up to it. And he does kind of remind me of Fabregas. He's two footed. He's a great passer. And, you know, his vision, his vision's remarkable. He can drive the ball in from far out. He, 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 I'll take that back. He's a poor man's Fabregas, <laughs> but he's more athletic. So he's more suited to a box to box, you know, type of play. Um, like I said, both feet, he actually averaged 1.9 shots outside of the box per game. So let's give him two shots per game mm-hmm. outside of the box. He loves to rip them. And if yeah. you look up his highlights and I, whoever hasn't seen them yet, I urge you, Look him up on YouTube. He scores bangers. Yeah, he doesn't score. Sure. He doesn't score shitty goals. He scores beauties, and you know he's really good at set pieces. Um, I think he could be useful, especially in cup competitions. You know, I don't know if he's gonna get like we said. You know, we got Bakayoko, we got Conte, we got Chiloba, we got Fabregas. As far as we're concerned, we still have Matic. I don't know if he's not gonna get ahead of any of those guys, but in cup competitions, he's useful. And like I said. Actually, like you said, he played really well in the U21 Euros for England. He he actually looked primed to make that step up into the Premier League. So if he doesn't get into our squad this season, I'll definitely bank on him getting into our squad next season. I don't think he's going to go back on loan abroad. I think uh, I think if he does go on loan, Chelsea are going to test him into Premier League waters, um, possibly second half of the table team. Um, but we'll see. Yeah, let's get into the next person, Marco Van Ginkel. So this is uh, a guy who was purchased during the Mourinho's second stint. He's 24 years old. Uh, he looked really good in 14-15, but he had a pretty knee bad knee injury. Yeah, um, and ever since then, just been struggling with other injuries. Um, hasn't really worked his way completely back to the field uh, until last year. He was loaned to PSV Eidenhoven. He had 14 appearances, seven goals, three assists. So in 14 appearances, he accounted for 10 total goals. That's that's those are pretty insane statistics right there. That's that's pretty. Um, yeah, it's 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 extremely impressive. So, you know, even when he even before he tore up his knee, you know, Mourinho purchased him and and, and he labeled him as the future of our midfield. Um, 14, 15 comes in. He performed extremely well he was very very impressive at a young age he he looked very similar to Chaloba in the fact that he came onto the field very composed for his age he mm-hmm. looked like he's been there before it looked like he could handle the pressure now you know that knee injury was very bad and it took him a while to bounce back he went through a loan spell in Milan it didn't go very well um, we loaned him out in January and like you said he killed it he did really really well um, this is an interesting one because we have two choices so I don't think a loan is in order for a 24-year-old. I no. think that's too old to loan out a player. I think you got to make a decision. Um, Chelsea make a business off profiting off these loan players. Um, that's one option. They could sell him. They could pocket maybe 10 to 15 million for him and call it a day. Or I think he could fit into our into our 23-man squad when the year comes or when the, the season comes. I around. think the great thing about him is that he's really versatile. You know, he's a center mid, but he can push up, play a center attacking mid, or you can, you can you know, you play him, him a little bit back yeah. and play him as a center defensive mid role. So having him on the roster, you know, it's going to be a long season. We're going to have people, you know, we're going to have people who's getting hurt and, you know, he can play, he can fill in a lot of different roles. So it's, it's, it's a good player to have. And, I, I really agree with your point. At the age of 24, it might be too late to loan him out. You know, he, he's had his stint, and uh, I think right now we got to make the decision. I think the decision should be to keep him. Um, he had a lot of promise. Mourinho really liked him. Uh, yeah, Mourinho loved him. So um, He's a typical Mourinho purchase, mm-hmm. though. He, you know, he, he's a player, and, and Mourinho always does this. He buys players who he knows – to the T, like mm-hmm. he knows every little detail about the player, how he's going to perform, and and that's what he did with Van Ginkle, and he did really well. Yeah, and the only problem was that he got hurt, and there's nothing you can really do. Yeah, about there's that. nothing you can do about that. My main issue with Van Ginkle, and it's not, it's a good issue issue to have, is I think Chaloba's pretty much a, a done deal in terms of being in the squad next year because you know he, he proved himself last mm-hmm. season with the limited time. If you're going to take on either one of Lewis Baker or Van Ginkle, you have to pick 
between one of them, right? Mm-hmm. And that's where the preseason comes in. One of these guys got to go, whether it's one, whether one of them goes out on loan, which will most likely be Lewis Baker, or Lewis Baker stays. We got to sell Van Ginkel on. Um, we got to profit off this because Conte's not done spending money yet. Mm-hmm. What about at least I, at least I hope he's not spend, done spending money yet. No, no, <laughs> we know that he's not. I, I, yeah. Um, so let's get in. This is a player that we talked into that. It's not even his money. Yeah. <laughs> so we talked a little bit about Kennedy, uh, this past episode, um, or a couple weeks ago, 21 year old versus very versatile player. You can play on the left side, pretty much anywhere on the left side. Um, yeah. Left wing, left back. He, he played well as a left back in 15, 16. Um, but, uh, he had a struggle to break into the first team after a bad loan spell with Watford. Mm-hmm. Just had a lot of issues with management with with the team. And uh, what do you what do you think about Kennedy? We talked a little bit about him, but I I, I like Kennedy. I'm, I'm a big fan of his because he has pace, he has power for his size, and he has a wicked left foot. Mm-hmm. Um, he's still young. I mean, he's 21. So. If we do wind up giving an opportunity to this guy, I think, you know, an ideal position would be at left wing back cup competitions again. But will he be happy with that? Um, last season, I don't know whether he had a falling out with Conte or Conte just saw something that he didn't like in him. And that's why he never gave him his shot. Um, the one time Conte did play him, he didn't look very impressive. Um but I think you could do a job for us. Now, this is my personal opinion. I'm not a professional soccer coach, you know, <laughs> but um, this is, you know, this is a guy who I would really keep an eye on, especially this preseason. I- I'm definitely rooting for him mm-hmm. and I hope he succeeds at the club. Yeah. I don't know if his uh, issues with Watford is something to be concerned about, whether he can, you know, he, whether he's a head case. I, I don't think that was the issue. I I- I'm not sure about that either. Um, so we'll see how this, how he turns out. Um, the next person, someone who I'm really interested about and kind of, it's not for a big reason, but Charlie, um, it Luzon kind of isn't for a big reason, but it is for, a yeah, big 20 year old, you know, another youth Academy product. Chelsea decided to give him number 17, Charlie Masanda jr. By the way, do, do you remember the last person to, to wear number 17 for Chelsea? Mm, let me think. Uh, is it one Eden Hazard? That's correct. Oh, wow. I mean, then they're giving him this number. I think as small as a point this is, it really, it does make sense. I think this guy is already on the first team. Yeah, you don't get a number like that. Or at least already on the squad. They don't guarantee you a shirt number, Mm -hmm. you know, before the preseason even starts. I'm going to go on a little rant here because I did watch him when he was at Betis last year. Mm -hmm. His stats really don't show how good or how well he actually played for a 19-year-old at the time. He's extremely talented. Like if if you had the if I had to take one word to describe him, I would probably, you know, I'd probably use magic or something along the lines of that because this guy literally pulls stuff out of his hat. Mm-hmm. He gets out of small he gets out of tight spaces. Um he's really good in one-on-one situations. I mean, scouts all over the player. world are in love with him. Celtic really Celtic are trying really, to get him. Yeah. Roma is really trying to look for him. You know, as as a, as a winger, you know, it there's a lot of teams that are in need of, you know, young wingers and and I think he's, you know, he's getting a lot of attention for for a reason. He does and he's really good in FIFA too. <laughs> no, but 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 seriously, you know, I, I really he plays want... with a, yeah he plays with a lot of speed he plays with a lot of flair yeah he does you know that's, that's important for a winger position and you know as as much as I mentioned FIFA because I'm addicted to it but like you know he actually does you know uh, portray the typical FIFA player that mm-hmm. you would want like a typical FIFA noob if you will you yeah know? He, he's 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 awesome and and I was really hoping for Conte to give him a chance last year. I know he had a couple injury problems by the time those, you know, extra games at the end of the season came around. But now he's healthy. He looks good. He has a positive attitude. He's ready to work for his spot. Um, he does talk a lot, too, in the press. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, he's very, very confident when he speaks. Um, he regards him, He holds himself in high regard and has high standards for himself. And that, that has the makings of a quality footballer. 
Charlie Musonda Jr. Jr. He actually approved the Jr. Mm. in his name uh, like a couple days ago. Um, his dad, Charlie Musonda, is mm-hmm. a former Chelsea player. And oh, he just okay. wanted to differentiate it. Mm-hmm. Um, so like we said, s- speed, mm-hmm. a lot of flair. I don't think he's going to get much playing time, though, because he's still behind yeah. Hazard, Pedro, and Willian. But he's not hes not one of those players that you're going to give out on loan, do you think? I think there's a chance we could loan him just to get playing time, but I think that's to a Premier League club or um, or an Italian club. I don't know why. I just have – he just – he reeks of an Italian winger, mm-hmm. you know, just like throw him out on the wing mm-hmm. and stick him in an ISO situation where he's just one-on-one with a defender and have him run at him. Um, That's definitely a name. If Chelsea fans are not familiar with him at this point, you should get definitely familiar get familiar with, with that name. And you'll be, able to, you'll be able to spot him out just by looking at him. He's, mm-hmm. he's pretty small, and that's mm-hmm. one of his negatives about his game. But mm-hmm. Definitely one to keep an eye on, especially wearing that number 17 shirt for sure. Oh God, I I love this part of the pod and I hate this part of the pod. It's, you know, it's really tough doing it over summer because like we'll have a topic, we'll write about it the night before, and then it'll change before we're about to record. So we'll have to change something, another gossip or another rumor. And then after we're recording, before we post it, the rumor changes again. It changes so much, like it's hard to keep up. <laughs> That's a nice way of putting it. Yeah. <laughs> if I said it, there would have been a lot more F-bombs. <laughs> so, yeah, my dad has been listening. He's told me to cut off on the cursing a little bit. Sorry, Dad. So um, <laughs> let's just take a deep breath and kind of recoup. So let's start as, of, as of 10 p.m. Wednesday... July 12th, Pacific time. This, these, this are is, these are the active, These are the rumors. active rumors. <laughs> these will probably change by tomorrow morning by the time we post this. But, yeah, you have to give us a little bit of a break. So, Ruben Loftus-Cheek, RLC. Our fin- beloved. Finally RLC. going on loan. He's heading off to Crystal Palace this year. I'm really excited. Do you think this is a good call? Yes. That's it, yes. To keep it short and sweet. Yeah, <laughs> dude. I mean, he should have gone on loan two years ago. Mm-hmm. So what do you, how do you think he's going to do under a manager like Frank DeBoer? I think he's going to do well. Frank mm-hmm. DeBoer plays with three midfielders. Mm-hmm. And if we're going to move to that 3-5-2, we're going to be playing with three central midfielders. So, you know, this could possibly be an audition for next season. Mm-hmm. Um, but also it's going to allow him to play in a role that's not as defined, whether he plays as one of the two attacking mids. Um, so like a mix between a number eight and a number 10, mm-hmm. Conte didn't even have a position for him. Mourinho really didn't have a position for him. Hiddink didn't have a position for him. Hopefully Frank DeBoer could solve that problem. Crystal Palace with, with RLC is going to be, and it's going to be a really watch, exciting yeah. team to watch. It might not be that good, but I, I really think they're going to be gonna an exciting have, team with him and Wilfred Zaha together. They have Kmenteke up top uh-huh. too. I mean, that's like if you're looking at that team and you see Ruben Loftus Cheek, a six foot three Ruben Loftus Cheek trotting behind a six foot three Christian Benteke, that's, that's pretty intimidating. That's scary. Yeah, I know. I mean, it, actually, I'm I'm interested to see what they're going to be doing this this upcoming year. My main thing with this loan is that one, he gets playing time, but two, he needs to define his position mm-hmm. because couple years ago he's a he's a defensive mid then he became an attacking mid and then you know Mourinho stuck him out on the right a couple of times in cup competitions Conte thought he was a striker yeah <laughs> I mean someone needs to clear he's going all over the field you don't know really someone where needs to clear it up I me personally I think his skill set is sitting right behind a striker I think he would play really well off a striker not mm-hmm. as a second striker necessarily but as like a number center 10, forward yeah a modified number 10 uh-huh. yeah um I'm I'm excited. I'm really curious to see how he does. Um, obviously, it's a you know he's he's staying in London, so that's always a good thing. Um, and you know we'll see what happens. You know I, I really really hope he impresses because I put a lot of faith into this guy. So we'll talk about the next person, and this is a guy that earlier we said that he was dedicated to play for Chelsea this year. He didn't want to leave. That's Kurt Zuma. Yeah, and you know. You know, what do they call him at Chelsea? Happy. They call him happy. Because he's has he's, the most beautiful smile. Dude, that's... It's, it's, it's probably the most contagious smile I've seen. And it's really easy to see, especially when you're looking over to that Chelsea bench. Like, you can spot it out. You spot he's him. always smiling. Yep. I, I love having him on the team, but I think it takes a lot of 
humbleness for him to kind of realize that maybe right now his role for the team is not, you know, he's not ready to play a role for his team. And, you know, he's been in talks with Stoke. He's been in talk with West Brom. Most likely Stoke. Yeah, over a potential move. As of 10 p.m. So I, <laughs> he's also discussing a contract extension as well. Yeah. Do you think, I mean, the two teams that we, we mentioned, Stoke and West Brom, do you think that he's better off going to them or should he, do you think he'll stay? He's better off staying and being loyal and trying to compete for a spot in Chelsea. Um, Before I answer that, I do want to kind of add one thing. And, and you brought up a good point. You know, it does speak a lot about his character that he's going to stay with, you know, or, I mean, that excuse me, that he's going to leave the club, mm-hmm. um, especially after he said he was going to stay and fight for his spot. It is pretty coincidental that it happened the day after we started preseason training. So you know and I know that Conte took him off to the side and said, hey, this is the deal. Mm-hmm. Maybe you should go on loan, get your confidence back. Get I couple, think that's what happened too. Get, a, get another season. Yeah, the fact that it's coming up right when training starts. I mean, I don't know. He, Conte has never been one to, you know, beat around the bush. He's, he's very straightforward he's very, with very his players. And, you know, I think Kurt Zuma really wants to be here. And I think that, you know, we really do want him here. But he just needs to he needs to develop in in certain ways. You know, we've we've talked about it in past episodes. I don't want to get too much into it, but um, we said that he needs to you know work on his ability to pass the ball to control the ball. He's big, athletic. He can you know take he can take people down, but he's just not he he doesn't fit in well with the three back that that At we want to play with compared to our other options now, especially that you know we locked down Rudiger who's a ball playing center half. We talked about Christensen and his ball playing ability. So, but the teams that he's reportedly, you know, going off the loan to Stoke, West Brom, these are teams that, you oh, know, yeah. sometimes they play four center backs back and, you Both know. Both of them always play four center backs, you know, at least against us every single time we play. And it drives me mad <laughs> because they're, both teams, especially Stoke this past season when we, when we went to Stoke, mm-hmm. their strategy was literally kick the crap out of Hazard, get him out of the game. Mentally, I think a lot of teams try doing that. <laughs> but you know what? You know, where I'm going off topic a little bit, but that actually works. Yeah. If you kick Hazard enough, he checks out of the game and he mm-hmm. just becomes a bystander. And that's exactly what both teams did against us this season. Um, but you know, they could both suck it as far as I'm concerned in that as in that respect. But I do. I think they're. I'm glad he's going on loan, and I'm glad he's going on loan to a Premier League club because I know before he, you know, before he commented and said you know i'm committed to the club he was getting linked with teams like nice a couple clubs in germany and italy mm-hmm. i think going to the, staying in the premier league is good but i don't know about the style of football these teams play yeah i think you'd be probably more they're, fitted for a team like crystal palace they're suited to his style to zuma style but not to the chelsea style you're right when you loan a player you have to keep that in mind you're right we want him to develop in a way that when we get him back, he's going to produce in our system. Exactly. So, I mean, I don't think him going to Stoke or to West Brom, it's going to help him. I think if he went to a team like Crystal Palace, Swansea, a team that holds the ball a lot longer, even Newcastle, they've, you know, they've had a lot of French players. They have a lot of French players come through. I think that it would would be a good fit. That's that's a really good mention. Um, You know. I'm definitely going to keep an eye on him. I'm probably going to watch more Stoke games than I ever have in my life just Mm -hmm. because you know, Zuma's one of my favorite players on the squad. And like when I say that, I don't mean, oh, he's one of my favorite 18 players mm-hmm. on the squad. No, he's probably in my top three. I, I love the guy. and He's a good clubhouse guy. But great clubhouse guy. He's he's He has great vibes in the locker room. You know, he's positive. He has a great outlook. Like you said, he's always smiling. His nickname's Happy, for God's sake. Mm-hmm. But, you know, he's humble. And that's... And I know this term gets overstated and thrown around a lot, and I already used it once, but he is Chelsea through and through. He's really committed to the club, and you know he does treat it like one big family. And I hope he does well, and I'm 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 willing to put money on it that he does well mm-hmm. because he's a quality footballer. And if he goes to either of those teams, he instantly becomes their best center back option. So, with all that being said, do you think he has a future with Chelsea? Um. I think he does. At least I hope he does. Like we said, his ball playing ability really isn't there. But I think if he goes to Stoke, uh, he's not. He's not coming back to Chelsea. He's not going to progress in the way that we need him to. You know, those teams do play on the back foot. They play very defensive. 
But, you know, Zuma is is almost fully developed besides his technical ability. You know, he's a good defender. His discipline could use a little bit of help. But in terms of his athleticism and his experience, he has that already. Mm-hmm. It's just that knee injury. He something yeah. some it looked like he was missing something and i think it was confidence when he came back he just didn't look like, wasn't leaping as high he wasn't running as fast on the field i mean every time he's training come... everything pointed to him being back 100 percent fit yeah so it's i a think anytime one. you come back from a you know a bad knee injury always it's always it's, it's in the back of your head whenever you're playing any step you make any you know twist you're making you're thinking oh no is that you know is it is gonna rip it? again is it yeah. gonna you know, because it, it's a non, you know, a lot of times it's a non-contact injury. A, a um, lot of pivoting. So, a lot of twisting and turning. You know, that that's definitely a possibility. I hope, I love him. I And I want to see him improve. I want to see him back on the team. And I want to see him progress uh, to fit the role that Conte wants and the, you know, the role that Chelsea needs. Um, another, um, well, let's get on to the next player. Um, Danilo from uh, Real Madrid. Apparently... Uh, we've come to agreements with them. Uh, the number has been changed between 27 to 31 million pounds. Um, do you think that this is an upgrade on Victor Moses or what do you think about him? Should the deal go through? Because I'm not trusting any new source until I see the player at Cobham with the jersey on. Yeah. Shaking hands with them and all. <laughs> Especially after this whole Lukaku saga. And then we're going to get on a bucket. I don't trust anything anymore. I don't trust anything I can't trust anymore. I can't trust anyone. Yeah, but let's say let's say we let's say we do get Danilo. Um he, I I I understand he does play he does play on the right side. Mm-hmm. Um so do you think that he's going to be an upgrade on Victor Moses? Do you think that we're going to be replacing him? What what's the deal with Danilo if we how does he fit in our team? He's definitely someone that's going to be in and out of that starting 11. Um, I think it's a very under-the-radar purchase, not in terms of value, but in terms of what he could bring. Um, 31 million pounds, you know, it went between 27, 28, to 31. Um, you know, that's not cheap by any means. We're spending mm-hmm. a lot of money for, for a right wing back. Um, but I think he's more of a situational player and he's going to bring a lot of value in that. You know, you look at Victor Moses to answer your question and Victor, we won the premier league with Victor Moses that we're not broken on that right hand side. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We get exposed there defensively, but what Victor Moses brings us in terms of width, in terms of pace, in terms of directness, um, you can't really replace that. Now purchasing Danilo would be for champions league. Mm-hmm. That's honestly why I think we got him or are going to get him or possibly can get him. Yeah. Whatever. I don't trust anyone, like you said. <laughs> but, you know, if, if we do pull this off, he's going to be a Champions League player. He's coming from the biggest football club in the world. You know, he's he's played a decent amount in the Champions League for them as well because they had injuries with Danny Carvajal. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm excited. So, like, this is a more defensive option, but a more experienced option. And I think he's really going to show his experience in Champions League. Yeah, I think you said it best. He's the defensive option. He's not going to replace Victor Moses completely. No. I think that on the days that Conte wants to make a more defensive-minded, you know, depending on what the matchup is, if he wants a more defensive-minded roster lineup out there, he'll probably put in Danilo. Yeah. And if he wants to attack more and strike more, I think Victor Moses is going to be the guy starting at the position. But I think having both of them, like you said, Danilo... It gives us sounds, options. He sounds, like, he sounds like a better fit in a Champions League game. I mean, don't get me wrong. We won league with Victor Moses at the right wing back position. You know, he he did a great job. I I love what he did, but you know, having having this depth, having a stronger defender at this position. You know, we, we talked about this earlier. I mean, in other episodes as well. When you have three guys back, that wing back position is so crucial to you know be a, a reliable defender yeah. because you know it, you can't put all the pressure on those three guys. Um, he, he can get up and down that right hand side, you know. But only think, the but only the right hand side. Only the right hand side. I think I think if you know. I think what 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 he brings mostly is that traditional right back, and I think that's what we're you know both of our analysis is like beating around the bush. Mm-hmm. Let's get straight to it. He's a traditional right back. Um, he has a rocket yeah. of a right foot. Yeah, he might not even be a right wing back. He's, he, he's a right back. I he think has you're a right, rocket right. of a right foot. I'm really, I've, I've watched him a little bit with Real Madrid. Um, he got exposed a lot, but 
that's because of Real Madrid's playing style. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm kind of giving him the benefit of the doubt. But, you know, he, he's a, he's sought after. Juve was looking at him as a Danny Alves replacement. So this guy is held in high regard. I think if we do get him, Chelsea fans should be excited to a certain extent. But they should also manage their expectations. We're not going out there. And this, is, this isn't our marquee signing. This is a guy that's going to give us options and give us versatility at the right wing back position. You know... Th- we, we there's a lot of talks about Alexandra lately. Mm-hmm. It hasn't been picking up as much. But it doesn't look like oh, that deal's gonna go through. Do you think that getting Danilo is a good enough replacement for that? Well, like I said, he's gonna stick to the right side, Danilo, for the most part. Um, I don't think the Alexandro talks will calm down because this is Chelsea. Mm-hmm. And we're gonna st- like if we don't get Alexandro this transfer window, oh my gosh, wait till January, mm-hmm. wait till next summer and the summer after that. You know, I googled um, transfer gossip today, and you know what popped up on my search history? What? Transfer gossip from December of 2016, right? <laughs> okay. this, is the, this is this past January, and it said Chelsea's year long of year long pursuit of Kalidou Koulibaly could end today. Did we get Koulibaly? No. But that just goes to my point. We literally get linked with everybody. I don't think this link's going to go away. I still think we need someone to deputize at that left wing back role, whether that becomes Marcos Alonso if we do land Alexandro, or mm. if not, I think I think Marcos Alonso is good enough to get by. But yeah. I think there are better options out there. I think that he could be upgraded if we had to stick with him. He, he, you could live with it. Suffice. Yeah. yeah, you could definitely live with it. But I think that just to move on to the next player the, that we're going to talk about, the big issue right now, I mean, I don't know what's taking so long with Bakayoko. Uh, as of right now, it seems like there's like it is going to happen more sooner than later. It looks like, you know, to bring up a football reference, they're on the two yard line. They're about to, you know, break this into is, They're not going to about to reach this end zone. Yeah. This is American football. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it, it kind of came down or it comes down to right now where if we do sign him there's not going to be like a a signing frenzy where all the fans are up in arms about how excited they are we kind of knew this was coming right Mm -hmm. um so like i said i wrote this script you know earlier today maybe six or seven hours ago Mm -hmm. midday and things have changed since then so we're going to kind of ad-lib this so just to give you a quick rundown um, yesterday, Bakayoko posted a picture of him in front of an airplane. Where to? Where no one, no one knows. knows. <laughs> yeah, it, like Zach sent me the picture, and he said it was so funny because we CFC sent each other. Yeah, I know, and I sent him the same exact thing like thirty minutes earlier that he didn't see, and I was like, "Shit, he's going to Manchester <laughs> United. What's going on?" It's like just that one pic, like the kind of things that they do to tease us. You know, uh, I I don't get the subliminal messages. <laughs> like like we're not mind readers, and but it's not fair. And to just to add on to that, there's been two emotions. other instances that have been messing with our minds. Bakayoko's brother. Oh yeah, well well that well that's what I was gonna bring up. Yeah, so, so there's like, two other instances. So so as of a couple hours ago, Bakayoko's brother Snapchatted. It was just an all black screen, but it had CFC. What could, with like what could little, that with like a little muscle emoji next to oh, it? Oh, he was flexing, yeah. And he deleted it. But wait, what 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 does CFC stand for though? Um I'm trying to think of something other than Chelsea Football Club. I think that might be what CFC wait, would stand for. Really? And it was written in blue as well. So Wow. Who would have thought? Put two and two together. I don't know. I mean that's pretty that's pretty definitive proof. Well, there's also been reports that they agreed on a $40 million move, which we were under the impression that the move was initially going to be 35 with add-ons, but Dude, now it looks like there's a $40 million move guaranteed. This is typical shysty move by a club. You know what? I could not have picked a better word for this transfer window it would, it, than shysty. Yeah, I mean, I, we're in an age where... Like, you know, with Twitter, like things get broken immediately and a lot of teams, they leak out fake reports and, you know, it's, 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 it's when one reporter like reports it, it's automatically fact. So I, I promise you, I promise you, Manchester United did not pay, did not offer $40 million no, for him. No, and that's what I was that was a, to. That was, I think it was a ploy by Monaco to get the price a little bit higher. So like first... 
oh, we didn't get, you know, Bakayoko deal stalls due to, you know, agent shenanigans, whatever. Mm-hmm. Oh, now they're struggling to meet personal terms. Oh, now they're struggling to meet terms with Monaco. Mm-hmm. Oh, wait, he has a knee injury. He got surgery on his knee. He's going to be out until September. Look, bring the fucking guy to the club already yeah. and call it a day. Give him their extra $5 million. We need that position. He needs to be in training ASAP. Preseason started. Conte's already part of, part of putting me, his philosophy into the squad. Part of me says, yeah, pay that extra $5 million, Just get it over with. Part of me says, screw Monaco. What, they're going to try to shice us out of the extra $5 million off of false report. I mean, sure, they're going to try to fit that extra $5 million in with bonuses, with stuff like that. But It's smart for them to do that right on the heels of the Lukaku thing because it is believable, you know? It's like, oh, Manchester's going to hijack it, another Chelsea yeah, deal. I know. That, that, how it's Mourinho smart. is that? Like, that's the most Mourinho idea. I still, I still haven't around. heard anything that, like, confirmed that Manchester United actually no, placed a no. bid, so... And they were they were trying to scare us too, you know. They said that they said that uh, Fabinho reached a deal with Atletico, and Monaco only they they they, they can't afford to sell all their superstars. They're going to no. sell one or the other. So let's hope this Bakayoko thing gets pushed over the line. I really hope it does. I like him as a player. I already said it on on previous podcasts. Definite upgrade on Nemanja Matic. He's younger. He's more mobile. He can bring the ball up. Better bring him passing. in. Bring him bring in. Him Come in. on. Long story short, just bring the guy in. And, yeah. how, you know, Tiamue, Tiamue, whatever, however the hell you pronounce his name, bring him in. You know, Chelsea, he'll he'll be a definite, definitely a, a Chelsea fan favorite. Right now, we are the Seattle Seahawks on the two-yard line. We got to pass, we got to hand the ball off to Marshawn Lynch. I'm not going to throw an interception in the end zone again, all right? Nope. We're handing it off to Marshawn Lynch okay. this time. We're getting in the end zone, and we're going to take Bakayoko. That sounds beautiful. How about we... Uh, dive into my least favorite team to mm-hmm. talk about oh right, yeah Hotspur. let's let's please all right so tottenham hotspur um we mentioned shysty a lot in this podcast um i think tottenham you know is better described as shitty <laughs> as a team full of fuck boys um my least favorite team in case you haven't noticed they were very impressive last year. You know, okay, over the course of the last two seasons, I think they were the best Premier League team, and that takes a lot for me to say because... The way that they developed their youth, the way that they were able to pull things together... It's all Pochettino. I'm sold on the fact that Pochettino is one of the best young coaches in the world, mm-hmm. and, you know, it it actually it actually gives me hope because sooner or later he's going to go on to a bigger club with more financial power. Mm -hmm. And, you know, he's going to take over the reins at one of the, you know, big three, maybe, you know, a major, major football club. Yeah. Um, You, you, you like to see a team that succeeds with a lot of homegrown players. You know, they don't, they don't buy everyone. Fuck Tottenham, dude. I, I cannot stand like, like, like you're as a general, as a general towards Man United is mine towards Tottenham. Uh, yeah, that's fair. I don't have that same exact I don't have that same feeling for Tottenham. But the good thing is they've had a very quiet transfer window. Yeah. I mean, they they thus far at least. They looked really nice last year, but it looks like they're probably going to be worse this year. I mean, they're they're potentially going to lose Kyle Walker to Eric. Man City. We're probably going to lose Eric Dier. Yeah. So, it's important that they they try to move in and make some deals. Some names that they've been linked with. Wilfred Zaha from Crystal Palace. That's a nice one. Yeah, but I don't think Crystal Palace... I'm a Palace, big, big fan of Crystal his. Crystal Palace is not going to sell off this year, I don't think. Well, it is De Boer's first year um, at Palace. You know, you're think about it from his perspective. If you're a new coach coming to your club, the best way to make an impression is to not sell your best player. Yeah. And he's hands down their best player. Um so that's you know that's but Tottenham has been linked to them for a while and like this is this is such a natural fit for what Tottenham are looking for and what they're lacking. They're what they're lacking is a wide player mm-hmm. who could attack the flanks but also cut in, which mm-hmm. is really good at delivering crosses. Mm-hmm. And Christian Benteke feasted the second half of last season off Wilfred Zaha. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he had the most take-ons completed up through January in mm-hmm. the Premier League. Um, I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure that was a fact. And, you know, he's nice. I, I like him a lot out of the list that I have in front of me. I think he would be ideal for them, mm-hmm. but he might come at a pretty hefty fee. 
the other two names on the list. We got Josh King from Bournemouth. Bournemouth. And Bournes, Bournemouth. Bournemouth. We also got Ross Barkley from Everton. Uh, um, out of those two, what do you think? Do you think that they have any chance or they would actually improve them? I mean, for me, I like Ross Barkley because he has the potential to be another goal scorer. And I think that he would be Deli. He would he would be very very similar to Deli Alley, except more you know more grounded. And they, I mean that literally. Like Deli Alley gets a lot of his money in the air, yeah. winning headers, scoring so goals. Literally grounded. Yeah. Yeah. He would be he would be a better ball they, playing midfielder for them. They've had to rely so much on Deli Alley and Harry Kane this past season. Yeah. I mean they need another goal scorer. Um, that's I, where Josh I, King fits in, I think, though. Yeah. You know, he, he feasted at Bournemouth and, you know, they're a very attack minded team, but, you know, he scored goals and he scored different goals. A lot of them were poaching. A lot of them were beating players with pace, mm -hmm. smart, smart, short movements in the 18 yard box and six yard box. Look, if, if, if I'm Tottenham, I'm trying to get all three of these guys in because, you know, my next point is. They got screwed in the Champions League last year. Oh yeah, really, really bad, and it really showed their lack of squad depth. Um, you know, they could only go maybe thirteen players, fourteen players deep at mm -hmm. best. Vincent Janssen was a total waste of money. Um, I don't know if he's gonna come good. I, he just looks void of all all types of confidence. You know, let's talk about that Sissoko deal. Speaking of garbage players, this is arguably the worst 35 million dollar purchase in premier league history because mm -hmm. i've never seen a more crap footballer in my life you don't like him he's yeah, literally really like him. he literally kicks the ball and runs after it he's like he's like a 12 year old on a playground um but you know out of these three guys zaha josh king ross barkley um ross barkley's gonna come at a very hefty fee i would go after wilfred zaha first i think mm -hmm. if you're gonna pay a hefty fee that's the guy you have to do it for Ross Barkley, you know, he doesn't do well with managers. He definitely needs a coddle. Yeah. Pochettino's good at that, especially with with especially with young English players. But Wilfried Zaha is more of the finished product. Yeah, I mean, I I really like Ross Barkley on Everton, but it, it all signs point to him being on the move pretty soon. He reeks of Tottenham too. Yeah, he. he young, I feel like he English. Be, uh huh. You know, Attack-minded midfielder. Actually, I actually really, really like Ross Barkley. He's one of my favorite players. But um, but that's, that's the just thing. a personal bias. If you're from Tottenham's <laughs> position, are you going to spend fifty million pounds? Because that's probably going to be give or take the amount that he's going to go for. Are you going to spend fifty million pounds on a guy that's not even going to be able to slot into your starting eleven? Because no way he's getting in ahead of of Christian Eriksen or Deli Ali. Yeah, but. I, I think that this this could possibly be Dele Alli's last season on Tottenham. I mean, or or Harry Kane. But yeah, like, they're we gonna... did speak about this like like you know off recording or however you put it, but we did speak about this like as much as I hate to say it, you know, I would be I, I would be completely wrong to say that Dele Alli and Harry Kane aren't mm -hmm. elite footballers at least right now. Um, they're gonna be on the move, whether it's both of them or one of them. Clubs are going to come in and they're going to be suitors, um, especially because they're probably the two hottest English properties out there right now. Um, God, I hate saying that. <laughs> All right, let, let's move on to the next topic. Yeah, who 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 will be next on the come up for this season, you think, for Tottenham? Which players? Um, You know, like you said, or, you know, like we agreed on, Pochettino's Probably the best manager in the Premier League in terms of coddling the youth and and promoting them and bringing them through. Mm -hmm. um, Deli Ali, for instance, Harry Kane, Eric Dyer, Harry Winks. Mm -hmm. um, there are two players in particular that I see um, definitely making the jump to the first team next season, mm -hmm. um, especially with the lack of squad depth they had last season. First one's uh, Josh Onama. So Chelsea fans know Moussa Dembele really well. Um, with all his confrontations with Diego Costa, um, mm -hmm. the most uh, infamous have... being the stamp that he had on Diego Costa, the recall. red card. But um, you know, long story short, he's getting old as fuck. <laughs> he's aging, um, and he's always struggling with injuries. You know, they have Champions League, they have Premier League. They got to prioritize. They got to rest players. And I think Josh Onuma is the guy to deputize in that role, unless they decide to dip into the transfer market. Um, very similar to Musa Dembele. 
He's big. I believe he's 6'1". He's powerful. He could drive the ball forward. Um, he's a decent passer. I don't think he's as good on the ball as Moussa Dembele is, but there's not a lot of players in the Premier League that are. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's definitely one to keep an eye on. The the other one's interesting, and you know, listen very closely because it might confuse you. And I, I, I when I first read this, I thought this was a typo. That no, Zach might have made a mistake or something. This is real. So Kyle Walker is their current right wing back, who's going to be on the move. Um, he had a falling out with Pochettino. Man City's looking at him. Mm-hmm. He's gonna, he's gonna, he's gonna leave. Probably heading to Man City, most likely. Um, so their replacement. As of now, is a man by the name of Kyle Walker Peters. So not so not Kyle Walker, Kyle Walker hyphen Peters. Is that a hyphen or a dash? I'm I'm pretty sure that when you're using it in a name, oh, you, it's, a, it's hyphen. a hyphen because okay, okay. it's connecting. To, so yeah. Kyle Walker hyphen Peters. Um, this is a guy to look out for. Um, he's very very skillful. He's very attack minded. He has the the you know attacking traits of a winger. Um, but he's not as good of a defender as Kyle Walker is. Um, definitely want to look out for. Tottenham sees him as being a, a player with a lot of potential. Mm-hmm. And like I said, especially under Pochettino, young players are dangerous. Um, he is a master of promoting the youth. And I think right now it's it's especially crucial time for Tottenham's youth to step up because right now they – and I think that this this new stadium couldn't have come at a worse time because right now they have a financial burden. They have, they have arguably the best team they've ever had in the Premier League. And, and and I think that if they don't get their stuff together and, you know, again, contend, because right now it looks like they're, they're, they're going to they're, 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 they're drop out of the top four, maybe top five in the Premier League. Everyone else under them. They're, everyone's everyone everyone under them got, better. got better. Exactly. Everyone got better. better. And it looks like, I mean, if they don't, they're not going to make us – from what it is right now, it looks like they're not going to be getting a lot of players. They need these younger guys to step up and, you know, or else like you, we talked about earlier, Dele Ali and Kane, they're good. They're probably going to walk. If not one of them, they're going to maybe try. both of them. I think, I think if they had to make a pick just for the sake of conversation, I think they would pick Harry Kane. I personally would pick Harry Kane too, because it's hard to harder to find an elite striker as opposed to an attacking mid. And if anybody disagrees Let's hark back to one week ago when we had a top-class striker ready to make the switch, and we lost him. Mm-hmm. And now we're in limbo. There's not, there's no elite striker on the market besides Aubameyang, which I don't want to get into because <laughs> he doesn't fit the way Conte likes to play. But anyways, um, before we sign off, you know, I just want to make a quick mention. Tottenham has a lot of strengths and a lot of weaknesses going into this season. And I think it's really mm-hmm. important to highlight that before, you know, we sign off. So, you know, I think their main strength, and this is the most obvious one, you'll agree with me, is coaching. Mm-hmm. Their coach is their most valuable asset right now. Yeah, Pochettino just is a master with young players. I don't know why. Great, great tactician yeah. as well. Every time, he, every time we face Tottenham this season, they've given us a fight. Um and also, you know, their second strength is the Dele Alli and Harry Kane combination. That is ruthless, and those guys are young. Just a quick point. I, I'm sorry to cut you off, but just came, this came in my mind. Dele Alli, like, I feel like he's he shouldn't even be in the Premier League. Like, he deserves – I think he is more suited for a team like Barcelona, Real Madrid. Like Maybe not Barcelona, of, but I could definitely see him playing in, like, a Bayern-type system. Right. I think he would do well under a co- – like – Deli Ali is another one of those players. He he's young. He needs to be coddled. I don't know and why. I just don't see him as a Premier League striker. I could see him. I could see him going to Bayern honestly because mm-hmm. you know he he reminds me a lot of Thomas Muller, except a little bit of a of a of a deeper lying mm-hmm. player positionally. Um, but he has that poaching ability um, that Thomas Muller has. And there's a lot of comparisons there. Again. Mm-hmm. I hate to say it. I'm gonna stop talking about Deli Alley and Harry Kane <laughs> because, like, you know, they're they're ridiculously talented, but they're Tottenham players, so they could fuck off. So yeah, so those are the strengths. What you, what will their weaknesses be next year? Um, the first main weakness, like we already talked of the of the lack of signings. I mean, that's a big one. That's probably the most obvious. But their main weakness is gonna be the two holes they have to fill if they lose Kyle Walker and Eric Dyer. Mm-hmm. Eric Dyer, you're losing a guy that's very versatile. He can play center back or center mid. Um, most likely going to Man U. 
you know, and I know Man U will overpay for him. Tottenham, it will be hard for Tottenham to say no now that money's tight. So it looks like both of them are pretty much. Um, I say Kyle Walker more so than Eric Dyer. These mm-hmm. Eric Dyer rumors, they, they you know, they they light up and then they. I think it depends how it depends how desperate Manchester United is. I think they will be desperate because they're not getting Matic. Anymore. Yeah, where they're gonna miss on Bakayoko and Matic. I don't and think Bakayoko yeah. with the air quotes. <laughs> um, their their last uh, weakness is gonna be the depth of their squad. It's really gonna affect them in Champions League. Last year they got knocked out by a Belgian team. I can't remember if it's Ghent or Genk, um, but they got knocked out by a Belgian team. I mean, yeah. I mean that says enough. Gank. Um, so, you know, those are, those are the main weaknesses I see. Obviously there's a lot of other ones. They are a very young team going into the champions league. Even if they get out of the group stage, the odds are they won't progress out of the round of 16 just because of a lack of experience, um, between the players and the coach as well. All right. I'm done talking about Tottenham. How about you? Yeah. I'm just kind of sick of them. Go Chelsea. Am I right? (laughs) Of course. Yeah. Go Chelsea. (laughs) All right. I wouldn't be here. (laughs) Well, before we sign off, um, whether you guys like the pod, hated it, have advice, have questions, um, get in contact with us. We're on Twitter at Romans Empire Pod, or you could email us at Romans Empire Pod at gmail.com. Um, I also wanted to add uh, for our loyal followers, I'm sure they noticed, but this episode lacked a shenanigans portion. Loyal followers. So, you know, it's, it's pretty difficult <laughs> to day. think of these. To think of new ones every week, but uh, I'm sure a lot of you guys have thought of some funny ones. So if you think of any funny shenanigans, funny, questions that, that you would like us weird. to answer, that you know we're pretty funny, we can think of funny answers. Send it over. Uh, the email again is Romans Empire Pod at gmail.com. Nailed it, son. Yeah, I just want to say it. I'm slowly. usually the one that signs out. That was pretty good. Uh, you, you can you can sign out. Finish Congrats, it up. Bro. Finish it up, please. Well, Thank you for listening and keep the blue flag flying high.